0: Okay. Um, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, Bezrat Hashem. This week, we'll, we will be dealing with a topic very, very different to anything that we've been uh, that we have seen up until now, uh, both in the regular Shirim of uh, of uh, tsurba and in the uh, COVID series. And that is because we will be dealing with uh, a sugya. Of financial loss, which is connected to the part in Shulchan Aruch called Choshen Mishbat. So, for those who don't know, just to, to clarify, there are four parts of the Shulchan Aruch, which is the Jewish code of law. You have uh, Orach Chaim, which is basically rit- laws of rituals based on the calendar, meaning what you do in the morning when you wake up, uh, Hilchot Villa. And then it goes on to uh, generally also or includes all the Chagim, all of the ritual uh, halachot connected to the calendar. Uh, Yoradea connects to halachot that are not necessarily time-bound. Kibbutz HaVeim, Tzedakah, uh, things that are not necessarily, Kashrut, they're not connected to a specific time, but they're also part of the Jewish way of life. Eben uh, Ezra is the third section which deals with marriages and divorces and, and very specific uh, focus on certain halachot connected to relationships and choshen and Mishpat deals with monetary uh, law um, I'm in a Beit Midrash where they learn Dayanut and the Dayanut is uh, five years they learn choshen and Mishpat uh, just, just you know to get there their, and that's it's for the iceberg so there's a lot to understand when it comes to the laws of choshen and Mishpat and I want to say two disclaimers before we start this share. disclaimer number one is that any, uh, any uh, topic when the deals when you're dealing with a monetary issue you have to you can give general principles but in the end of the day each case has to be viewed by itself because there are a f- many extenuating factors or details that can change the picture completely. So we're going to give a very broad, discussion of what is the general approach of the Torah. However, obviously, this is not halakha lemaise, and every case needs to be viewed differently. Okay, That's the first disclaimer. The second disclaimer is that although we might come to a conclusion of what the me'ikar hadin is, what the strict letter of the law is, besides that, there's also a, another category in halakha called lifnim mishorat hadin. And doesn't only look at um, what is, uh, I, I should receive or I should have to pay or I shouldn't have to pay, but it looks at the greater picture as the responsibility for someone to look out for someone else, right? So because of that, um, you know, that we also, when dealing with these topics, have to take into account not only the Ikara den that we're going to discuss today, but also... Um, also, okay so let's uh, let's begin and we are going to start with the halachic status of honest now I just want to uh, I want to uh, just clarify right that honest an unforeseen <clears throat> an unforeseen circumstance we're going to look at a classic case of an unforeseen circumstance between a worker an employer an employee. Right, in the case of Ruven and Shimon, and we're going to come to one conclusion where it deals with an individual, two individuals, Ruven and Shimon, employer and employee. And once we get to that conclusion, we then going to have to look at when it is something called makat Medina, when this unforeseen circumstance does not only affect Ruven and Shimon and their specific agreement, but affects the what we're gonna call the entire medina, does the halakha change? And we'll see that the Gemara also relates to something called Makat Medina. So let's let's begin. Okay. Sorry, one one second. Okay. So we are uh, begin with our case in the Gemara in Bovimitzia. And the Gemara in Boba Metziah, Ein Vav, and Ayn Zayin, a Rava tells us the following case. I'm a Rava. A person hires workers to go and draw water to irrigate his field, right? I've got a field and I hire five people. I say the day before, will you come work in my field? I'll pay you X amount of money to draw water from the river and irrigate the field, the Atamitra, and that night the rain fell. So the next morning I've got no reason. I don't need these workers to come and draw water and water my field. It's already been watered. Who now uh, is the incurs the financial loss? Is it the employer or is it in the employee? This is an unforeseen circumstance, says the Gemara. Pseida de Pali. The bottom line is it's the workers' loss. Atanara, Pseida de balabait. The Yavlehu, Kapoyo Bato. However, if a river comes and basically because the river, you know, uh, uh, um, went and uh, the banks of the river flooded and irrigated the field, in that case, this is a Psaida de debalabite. Now the employer is uh, has to take the burden of the financial loss, and he has to pay the workers poel batel, like an idle labor. Okay. So from this case, we've we've seen three basic and very critical halachot. Halacha number one, in general, an unforeseen circumstance, the Employer didn't know about it. The employee didn't know about it. Or both of them knew equally that there was a possibility of it raining, right? You, it could have rained. It couldn't have rained. The employer and the employee both have the same knowledge. If that is the case, the Gemara Rava tells us, the burden of loss is on the employee, on the worker. Let's say this, the, uh, um, the the worker didn't have all the information and the employer did have the information. I, the employer knows that, uh, look, I'm hiring this guy to work for me, but I know that there's a good chance that you know I'm going to cancel the event or I'm going to cancel the, the issue. Or in this case, I know that this river might irrigate. Sometimes the river's banks overflow and there's a chance. Now, a worker not necessarily knows that, right? But the the, the owner of the field does know. That means that the employer knows something that the employee didn't know. In that case, here, the financial loss has to be, uh, uh, it rests on the employer. But even in such a case, even in such a case, do I have to, so so the guy, I say, listen, guys, okay. I hired you uh, yesterday. I didn't tell you that there was a good chance that the river would overflow. The river did overflow. I don't need you anymore. But the Gemara says, I still have to give you some type of financial compensation. What type of financial compensation do I have to give you? In the end of the day, you still didn't have to go and spend the whole day schlepping water from a river with a bucket, which is, you know, uh, backbreaking work. So, how much do I have to compensate with you? Uh, compensate you for? So here the Gemara says, kapoel batel. What's a poil batel? We're going to give the following definition. You say to Shimon, Shimon, I was going to pay you five hundred shekels for a day's work to do this backbreaking, uh, uh, backbreaking uh, work. How much would you be prepared to settle for? To stay in the comfort of your home, you know, you don't even have to do Zoom anything. You can just sit on your couch and read a book. And how much would you be prepared to settle for? And the guy said, "You know, you know what? I'm, you know, for 200 shekels, I'd rather sit in the comfort of my home and get 200 shekels than be paid 500 shekels and basically have to go out and uh, and do this backbreaking work." Okay, so let's call that a poel batel. Okay, there are different definitions of how we're going to work out a poel batel, but let's say that that's our definition. That means. That from this Gemara, we've seen that in general, all things being equal, all things being equal, the burden of the loss is uh, the, the, the brunt of the financial burden rests on the worker, on the employee. Unless there was information that was not disclosed to the employee, Okay. If there was an information disclosed, that's something different. And that if, if that's the case, now the um, now the employer has to has to pay up, has to compensate the worker. However, he doesn't compensate the worker fully. He has to compensate the worker. Let's call it 50% for argument's sake. Okay. Let's see how the Gemara, um, how the Gemara, how the Shulchan Aruch, and by the way, this Gemara is Pasquin Halacha seen by the Shulchan Aruch, and we'll let's see how the Shulchan Aruch, um rules on it. Just, just to clarify, well, you know, let's read the Shulchan Aruch. etapoel, person hires a worker, lashkot zadeh to, uh, to basically draw water from this river and irrigate his field and the the river stopped flowing half you know 12 o'clock noon there's no more water the river stopped flowing let's say the river this this was a very unusual event or even if it it happens um you know not 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 frequently but it does happen But the worker is privy to that knowledge, the poel. In that case, the loss is on the worker. So to summarize, says the Shuknaruch, if both the parties know of or don't know of this unforeseen circumstance or alternatively both of them know that there's a possibility of this unforeseen circumstance the burden of the loss is is uh is is uh, on the employee on the worker uh, however and the balabit does not have to compensate the person at all flp even though she Derechanar, even though that the balabite knows, Derechanar, one could argue, hold on a second, but the employer also knew that there was a good chance that the river would stop, correct? But in the end of the day, if it's an equal knowledge, the burden of loss lies with the worker. But if the worker didn't know, know, the guy's from out of town. How's he meant to know uh, how the river works? But you're a a farmer. This is your field. So you know exactly what has been, what was last year, what was five years ago. You know how this river works. In such a case, the the owner of the field has to compensate the worker, but not completely. Let's call it a 50% for argument's sake. Next in, says the, uh, the Hashkot Aruch, a person hired his worker to, again, water his field. Ubama tar balayla, and in the middle, and, and the night before, the rain came. Binyan There's no reason now to water the field. In such a case, the owner of the field does not have to pay the worker at all. If rain came in the middle of the day, he also doesn't have to pay him. He pays him for half-day's work. If it came from the river, now the Gemara over there, and we're not going to get into this discussion, because. Uh, but the Gemara basically says sometimes uh, there's a muzzle of the worker. Right and, and basically, the muzzle of the worker caused the river to bring the uh, and irrigate the field. So if that's the case, that's the muzzle of the worker. Rem- this reminds us of uh, Bereshit, right? Yitzchak Avinu, every time he dug a well, he found water, you know? Yaakov Avinu, they tzadikim, so tzadik, Baruch Hu, The Gemara makes a distinction that there is such a thing called a muzzle. And there's a muzzle of the worker. And because there's a the muzzle of the worker, so that's, uh, that's something different. Apparently, that that muzzle is not connected to rain. Rain, we don't say, is dependent on a person's muzzle. Okay? But uh, uh, this uh, 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 river flooding its banks in the middle of the day, that is considered the good fortune of the muzzle of the worker. And therefore, Akash Baruch Hu said, top, this guy's a, a masmed. He obviously was trying to learn daf yomi watering the, the field. Akash Baruch Hu made it easier for him, and he can sit in the comfort and uh, do his Sayyidat um and he should still get a full day's uh, paycheck. Okay? So it's, it's quite clear from the Gemara and from the Shulchan Aruch the cases that we've seen so far. I just want to, the, the Ramah adds and just summarizes it honest now this would apply to any misfortune that happened to a worker whether both parties employer and employee knew about the unforeseen the unforeseen circumstances meaning that they knew that there was this risk or or both of them did not know how they say the depoil if that's the case, the loss is of the worker. Have the But if the employer knows something and the worker doesn't know something, that's very different. Right, let's say I'm going to uh, print something. Right? So I'm going to print something. The tsurba. I, I, I deal with a let's say a printer, and I say I'm going to print. On uh, tomorrow, I'm going to go and I'm going to print five thousand copies uh, in the printer now. But I know that maybe my printer's not going to be ready, right? Now the printer doesn't know that. I am withholding. I'm withholding some information. So there when when the employer in this case is withholding some information it's not that you know if the you know if in the end of the day you didn't print the work so you, you lost out the business no in certain cases now again not every case do i have to uh, divulge all the information right it could be that that this is the case you know that uh, um, but if i had hired uh, you know you, you you hire a hall for a wedding okay now there's a you know it happens that that the couple cancels the wedding you know the they, people break off their engagements, um, but I suppose the the uh, the person who the owner of the hall he knows that that's a possibility but it's a very unlikely possibility. Okay, what happens if the couple know that it's a very likely possibility? I they pretty much ninety five percent you know they they breaking up the engagement and they didn't tell the owner of the of the of the hall. so now it gets a bit a bit a bit tricky right because the rama is basically telling us that if you know something and the other party doesn't know it it's not so simple to say well the the burden of the loss falls on the worker okay so again that we're not dayanim, and and and, and this is obviously every case uh, these factors will have to be brought in front of the dayanim. but i'm just if we can do like very broad stroke picture the broad stroke picture that we are seeing from the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah is as follows. The Torah's approach to monetary matters in business is a very capitalistic approach. Meaning meaning that you deliver the goods, you get paid. You don't deliver the goods, sorry, you don't get paid. Right? In the end of the day, you provided me a service, great. You didn't provide me a service. Okay, said Nishke Felach. That's your problem. That's the nature of the free market. You know that. You know I, I want to employ you, but if things don't work out, then you you're not going to get the job. Okay, it's uh, it's it's uh, at, at at this stage at least it favours that every person has to take responsibility for for basically making sure that they're going to get a parnasa, right? and therefore if you're a employee. Now, again, this is all assuming that there's no contract. If they were to make a contract and you're an employee and you want to uh, protect yourself, sorry, excuse me, guys, I'm giving share, um, and you want to protect yourself, so that could be a different story. We're talking about this, no contract, etc., cetera, et cetera. All things being equal, all things being equal, we have a scenario where basically you didn't deliver the goods and therefore, although it's, due to unforeseen circumstances, you're not going to get paid. Up until now, it's quite clear. And now we are introduced to a new category in halacha, and that category is called makata medina. And what is makata medina? So let's see. The Gemara later on in Bava says the Mishnah, ha-mekabel sadeh michavero. Okay, sorry. Let me just give an introduction to to this Mishnah because remember, in the in the times of the Gemara, there were two basic ways in which people used to work other people's fields. So let's say Ruven owns a field; he owns a, a, a whatever an orange uh, a field of of orange trees, and uh, Shimon is going to work on his behalf. So Reuven lives in Yerushalayim, and uh, his field is in. Uh, in the Galilee, and Shimon says, listen, I'll work your field for you, no problem. There are two general ways in which Shimon can get paid. Possibility number one is called Arisut. Arisut means that Shimon says, look, whatever the produce, let's say this field is going to turn over 5,000 oranges, we're going to agree to a percentage. You get... A third, or I get a third, or I get a, a 40%, or I get 50%, whatever the agreement is between the worker and the owner, the percentage is given to the worker and the percentage is given to the owner. Our mission is generally not talking about that because for the simple reason that if there is a loss, it's equally uh, it's equally shared because, okay, I'm still getting 10% or I'm still getting 30%, but instead of 30% of 5,000 oranges, it's going to be 30% of, of 500 oranges. But, but the owner will also be losing. So it, it all works out if we're talking about Arisut. Now the Mishnah tells me what happens if it wasn't Arisut, but it was Chachirut. Chachirut is something different. Chachirut is that Shimon says, listen, I'll work your field for you. I'll pick the oranges. I'll do everything. And I will pay you uh, 3,000 oranges. Or alternatively, I will pay you um, uh, 5,000 shekels. Okay? The, the equivalent of, 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 let's say, 3,000 uh, 3, oranges. I'll pay you 5,000 shekels. That's the agreement. Now, he agreed to pay him 5,000 shekels. And then what happens? So now let's talk about, let's see our Mishnah. Go back to our Mishnah. So Shimon... Accepted the work from his friend to work the field. The beta and this is a field that needs to be irrigated, it needs to be watered. You can't just rely on the rainwater, or beta ilan. or alternatively, this is a um a field that has a very nice uh, special tree that gives off fruit. And then what happened was Yave Shamayan Veniksatza Ilan, and there happened to be a little stream next to the field. And that stream dried up or that field that was, you know, generally was giving off a certain amount of oranges, but there was a specific tree that was giving something very special. It got cut down. In such a case, the worker, Shimon, cannot say, listen, I know I said I'm going to pay you 5,000 shekels, but guess what? The stream next to the field dried up, which means I had to spend an extra half a day every day walking another kilometer to get water. I'm not going to pay you 5,000 trekkles. I'm going to pay you 3,000 trekkles. Says the Mishnah, no, you can't do that. Why can't you do that? And, and, and the, way I'm gonna, the, the way we're going to explain it is as follows. Let's say you're, let's take a, a, a more common, our language, most of us are, are not farmers, but let's say like this, you're, uh, you're in Nadlan. You're in the, uh, the business of buying houses and selling houses. Now, I'm typically, you know, I'm not in the business. Uh, I, I buy a house to live in or whatever it is. But let's say there's a person who buys a house and that's his business. He buys a house and he sells a house. Now, when both of us come to buy the house, this guy sees in this house some benefit that I don't see. He, because that's his business, you know, he can see that there's a benefit that, you know, the, the, you know, in, in two years' time, there's a railway uh, station that's going to be built uh, across the road. And therefore, you know, this is going to be three minutes away from, from the center of Tel Aviv once you get on the railway. So based on that advantage, he said, I'm going to buy the house. Now, someone else, now he doesn't say, that he's buying the house because the railway station is going to be built, right? He just knows that there's an advantage of the railway station that Bezrat Hashem is going to be built there. What happens when the railway station doesn't, you know, the, the, whatever, the, the, the government cancels the railway station? Sorry, buddy, you lost out. I, you, the buyer, thought that there was an advantage to buying a flat in this road as opposed to that road. It turns out that that advantage didn't come to fruition. That doesn't give you the right to say to the owner, "Listen, I was buying it for a million shekels. Give it to me for nine hundred thousand shekels." No, that's what the mission is saying. The mission is talking in terms of a, of a of a field and a worker, but in terms of today, what what we would know, that's what the the, the mission is saying. However, if he says Look, I'm I'm rent, I'm gonna work this field as opposed to your neighbor's field because your field is next to the stream. I uh, he, he is putting on the table the advantage that the reason why I'm taking your field to work it is because the stream is next to it and he says that explicitly, and then that advantage dries up in such a case. Then the worker has a right to go and claim from the owner, listen, we agreed that I was going to pay you 5,000 shekels. However, that was assuming that there was a stream. The stream dried up. I had to work harder, which means I'm only going to pay you 4,000 shekels. Now, the Gemara then says as follows, hey, chidami, What exactly is the case of raba if we're not talking about a stream that was next to the field but let's say we're talking about the major river that is you know has has many many uh, artery uh, not arteries what the what's the English word um, whatever you understand what I'm talking about uh, um, the, the main waterway uh, the Yardane River right dries up if that's the case Imaya no chachuro, even though he didn't mention it explicitly, why doesn't the worker Shimon, why doesn't he have the right to drop the amount that he owes him? Why, why should he have that right? Says the Gemara, Name makat Surely that is a Makat Medina. So we have to understand, this is the first time we're hearing about a Makat Medina. Um, so says the Gemara, You're right, I'm a Rav Papa, the Ya'ev Nare Zuta. Okay. It wasn't the major artery, it was a smaller artery. But if it was the major artery, so here all of a sudden you can see that the worker, even though up until now we said, you know, you didn't deliver the goods, it's your problem. Over here, since this was an unforeseen circumstance, and it was considered Makat Medina, the employer or the owner of the field, he bears the burden of the financial loss. Now, what is this Makat Medina? Says the Gemara in Bava Matziya Mishnah. A macabel sademechavero person receives a field from his friend. The Achlachegev. And basically a swarm, a plague of grasshoppers came, or niftafa, or basically the a wind, a hurricane came and destroyed the crops. In medina, he says the Mishnah, if this is a makat medina, menakelo then the worker doesn't have to pay the 5,000 shekels. He can uh, he can give whatever reduced. But if it wasn't a regional disaster, but it was just, you know, in his field, that's your problem. And Rabbi Yudah, Omer, Rabbi Yudah says, look, depends. According to Rabbi Yudah, if I, Let's say Shimon said to Reuven, I'm going to work your field. It was an orange uh, grove. And uh, uh, let's say the assumption was that it was going to produce 5,000 oranges. And the guy said, you know what, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you not a percentage. I'm going to give you 2,000 oranges okay, or or 3,000 oranges. According to Rav Yudha, in that case, okay, then you can, uh, and then this regional disaster happened, you don't have to pay. Or you can, you can deduct from what you said you were going to pay. However, if I didn't say I'm going to pay you in oranges, but I said I'm going to pay Shimon, whatever it is, 7,000 shekels, if that's the case, whatever happens, I am not basing it on the actual product, but I gave a monetary fee, then the worker loses out. Now, says so the Gemara again, Hechidami Makat Medina. What is the definition of this Makat Medina? According to Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda says it must be the majority of the, the, the valley. The right? majority of the fields in the valley. And Ullah says, All it has to be is even if the surrounding neighbors also got this plague of, of grasshoppers, that's enough to call it a Makat Medina. Now, both according to Ula and according to Rav Yudah, when we talk about a Makat Medina, we're not talking about it has to be the whole of Medina Israel. Huh? We're talking about, let's let's go with the maximum approach. It has to be the majority of the valley. Now, the, the, the truth is that there's a machloket at Gir Saot over here. Is it the majority of the Verli or the majority of Verlis? Okay, and as we'll see, the Shulchan Aruch uh, goes according to the second girsa, not the girsa that we have in front of us, but the second girsa, which is basically the girsa of the Rambam, that said it's the majority of the valleys. So let's say like this. Let's take the area of the Galil HaTachton. Okay, in the Galila Takhton, let's say you've got, I don't know, 50 valleys, and in those 50 valleys, you have uh, you have uh, 25 fields. So you have to have the majority of the fields in the valleys. So it seems to be a bigger area. According to Al-Girsa, even in one valley, if the majority of the fields in one valley get this uh, attack of grasshoppers, that would be considered Makat Medina. Uh, again, according to Ula. It's even even more uh, as um, focused. Even if just your neighbors, your your uh, immediate neighbors, are also hit with this plague, that's considered a makat medina. How does the Shulchan Aruch rule? It says the Shulchan Aruch, "Hachocher or asocher sadeh mi a person does chachira or asocher, a field from his friend, vachlachegev or nishtafa, and again, we have a plague of grasshoppers or uh, a wind blast. If the majority of the fields in that city also were, were affected by this plague, right? And in, in such a case, basically, the owner. Uh, base uh, uh, holds the, the burden of the financial loss. I call the fee I have said right so obviously you're going to you're going to drop the, the, the price that you have to pay the owner depending on on, on how much the, the loss was. but if it wasn't the majority of fields then I'm sorry but it's your problem Shimon uh, the fact that it didn't happen to the majority of the fields, we assume let's say Shimon went to Reuven and Reuven, let's say they were in the valley there were, I don't know, 25 fields and Reuven owned five of those fields. And of all five fields of Reuven got affected by the grasshoppers. But again, in, in terms of the valley, that wasn't the majority. If that's the case The Gemara says if that's the case It's a bad muzzle of the socher That caused all the fields of Ruvain To get the grasshoppers And therefore he cannot claim anything From the owner Just one last uh, uh, This halacha From the Shulchan Aruch in Mishpat Shin Chaf Alef. He says as follows again and and uh, um, we, we, we saw this gemara so i'm not going to read it again let's just go to the end that again that if if it was just a little stream and it drew a uh, dried up then that's on the worker but if it was the main artery uh, of the major river that affected the entire area, that's when we say the burden rests on the owner of the field and not on the, uh, and not on the worker. So we've seen a big distinction between a private uh, argument between Ruven and Shimon, right, as opposed to where the burden is on the worker. As opposed to when there's a makat medina, and it's the makat medina, the burden of loss is on the on the owner. Now, the, still the question is, we still have to define how you do, what does it mean a makat medina? The Gemara told us, grasshoppers came, uh, or uh, you know the whole crop was uh, wind wind blasted, etc. But the question would be, okay, does it have to affect everybody? Or just the majority? What happens if it only affects one industry? Let's say tourism in COVID, right? So the tourism uh, industry got completely wiped out. But other industries, you know, if you're in, uh, if you happen to work for Zoom, uh, you're doing pretty well, right? So Look, COVID is actually not such a good example because most of, you know, pretty much most things were affected badly. But in theory, you could, we could argue that, you know, certain uh, unforeseen circumstances or natural disasters affect certain businesses and not others. So what does it mean, Makat Medina? Okay. Uh, the, so, so let's, the, the other thing is the Gemara talked about the case of a field can we extend this case to other scenarios, right? And uh, I'll give you a case, for example, that the case where parents hired a teacher to teach them Torah, to teach their children Torah, and then the czar or or the the ruler decreed that it was prohibited to teach Torah. So now the Muhammad couldn't teach anymore. So if the Malabbed couldn't teach anymore, this is a makat medina because, you know, the whole region was asked to teach. However, um, the Gemara never talked about that. The Gemara talked about a field. Can we say that the same din that applies to a field and the worker would also apply to malabad and the parents? Yes. Can you really say, do a comparison between what the czar says and, and what the Gemara is talking about? Because the Gemara is talking about a natural phenomenon. Here, this is man-made. Now, it's the czar that's saying it. It's not natural phenomenon. Just like even in corona, the businesses aren't closed because of a natural phenomenon. They're closed because the government says to close it. Okay, great. So, you're saying that one could argue that, you know, one's a natural phenomenon and one is man-made. Is there room to distinguish? And that, we'll see, is something that the poskim. Can we can we copy paste what the Gemara was talking about not only about a field etc but also to other uh, um, other industries and I'll add on where where in other industries it's not necessarily uh, uh, you know God made but man made problems Okay excellent we'll see the Poskim deal with it So let's uh, let's uh, let's see uh, this discussion says the Ramah. The Ramah is talking about uh, a very similar case of an epidemic. An epidemic that happened in Italy, right? Maram Padua is from the city of uh, uh, Padua in in Italy, and he was asked this following question, and basically the Ramah is quoting the truth of the Maram Padua. So we're just going to read it from the Ramah, but the Ramah says as follows. In Mechamat Shinui Avir People fled the city because of a Change in the air. Change in the air is another way for saying there was a sickness in the air. Let's call it an epidemic. We'll call it today an epidemic. Have kashar ones. In such a case, that is a regular ones, and as we saw, have the poel or In such a case, the malamid thought he had thirty students who were all going to pay him five hundred trickles a month. He now has only got ten kids in the class. Sorry. uh, You—that's your problem. But the parents who left town—they don't—they definitely don't have to pay you. Similarly, also a poil says uh, says the um, says the shach the shach says. It seems that he was only talking about if the minority of the townspeople fled. But if all the people left have a Makat Medina, that is clearly Makat Medina, if the nullification happens because of the decree of the ruler, okay, Dr. over here, you at least have the Hagot Oshri, who's making a clear comparison between call it a God-made disaster to a man-made uh, rule disaster, whatever you want to call it. The Eif Shara Malamdim Leomot, and the Malamdim are now unable to teach. Again, that case was basically, there was a decree, they weren't allowed to teach Torah. Medina. In such a case, it's a Makat Medina. In which case, the Malamid, in that case, gets all of his um his uh, his salary okay so according to the maram of padua and the rama uh, up until now we're in the shakh but the shakh is just explaining the opinion of the maram padua and the rama that the maram padua and the rama held that when do we say it's not a makat medina if the if um if, 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 if everyone didn't leave, but if everyone left, then it's a Makat Medina. And on that, the Shach says, no, because what did we say in Shach? What was our Makor for Makat Medina? The majority of the valleys. Have a Makat Medina. And that was agreed on by everyone. So says the Shah. Where do you get this that you have to have, according to the Maram Padua, that all the people left, right? Says the Shah. If you go back to the Makat Medina, no, it's only if um, the majority of the people left, that already is considered Makat Medina. The Im Sharov Cholim. And if we know that the majority of people, the majority of people, because of this epidemic, or sick, either whatever, they're not sending their kids to school, whatever it is, or Sharo'v varhu, or the majority of the people left the town flew, fled from this town because of the epidemic. Have makat Medina. This is considered a makat Medina. In which case, the 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 malamed gets his the Malamid gets his uh, gets his salary. daiti. Okay, now this is a very important machloket between the Shach and the, and the Ramah. According to the Ramah, the Ramah basically, although he quoted the Gemara regarding the field pretty much word for word, right? When it came to the story of the Malamud, so we found two interesting things. Number one, uh, we see that it's not necessarily just uh, limited to one industry, right? We You know, it's now going international in terms of the different industries that applies also to makat medina can also apply to a Malamid, to teaching etc etc and if you can apply to teaching it can apply to any um any profession however here there must seem to imply that it basically had to be that you lose all of your clientele um And the Shah says, No, you don't need to lose everyone. You need to lose the majority. As soon as there's a majority of people that have lost, you know, left the the town, and based on that, the Malamud now is going to get a third of his salary or whatever it is. No, then the employer, the school still has to pay the teacher what was agreed upon from the outset. Okay. Um, Now, the question is, how did the Maram Padua go against the Gemara? The Shach has has Lichora, uh, a very good Taina. The the the, the Gemara mentioned Rov. So where did Maram Padua understand that we're talking about uh, that we're talking about um, going that you only have to you have to have everybody. So there seems to be a bit of a, def- a discussion as to what what the Gemara meant. That there is halachic compensation, it seems that according to the Rama and Maram Padua, that that would mean that basically, let's say a teacher has a, is going to work for a year. Okay, he's going to work for a year, and based on that, in the event of uh, six months after six months of the year, the last three months, uh, you know, uh, over the course of the last three months. Uh, we're now six months into the year. The first three months were business as usual. The last three, the, the next three months in the year were pretty much uh, the majority of the, the, the children have left due to this epidemic. According to Padua, what the Gemara was then saying was that because it's a Makat Medina, so they basically have, they can, now they both can agree not to to end the contract. Uh, to end the contract. But but uh, but going backwards of the last three months, that not unless all of them left, basically the burden is going to be on the on the teacher. Now the KSOT has, and the KSOT quotes the Truva of the Maram of Rottenberg, right? A very similar case, but the Maram was dealing with a rental. Okay, it was dealing with a rental. So let's see the uh, Let's see the truva of the Kesot Achoshen, and then we'll try and put it all together. Okay, so Katav okay. beTruvat Maram Baruch the the Maram of Rutenberg Din al Reuven Bait mi-shimon. So Ruven rents from Shimon leShnei Shanim for two years. V'Kdim anatano asachar Shnei Shanim, and he, he paid him aprat for two years. Uvetochotan Shnei Shanim, and in within those two years Baruchu Ayu Din mina Ir basically all the Jews fled the city and the reason why they fled the city was mipnei pikuach nefesh right there, there was you know mamash danger because of whatever it was ubarach gamhu so there was pikuach nefesh let's say anti-semitism whatever it is he couldn't live there anymore he left the house empty the chazru chazar And then, you know, let's say after whatever it was, everything died down, and now he was able to come back three months later. He said, Listen, I paid you for 24 months, but three months I wasn't able to live in the house. So I want you to pay me back three months uh, worth of rent. And Shimon says, listen, buddy, the, the house was there for you to live in. The fact that you decided to leave, that's your problem. What's it going to do with me? Nerebe and I, and says in my ram of Rottenberg, Tanat ruvein, tanab the medinahu. This is a makat medina. and therefore, since it's a makat medina, so we said, when it's a makat medina, the... Burden of loss falls on the employer, or in this case, the owner, and not the tenant. So they divided equally. Let's say it was three months. So Shimon has to return the money of a month and a half to Ruvein. Because there is still, if this was a real Makat Medina, one could argue yeah. that Shimon should incur all three months, like the full. Why, why was the Maram of Rottenberg saying they should go 50-50? And he explained that because there might have been another Jew that the decree didn't fall upon him, Right? because because there were still some people that remained and therefore if basically someone else would have been able to rent it shimon wouldn't have lost at all and the cave and the yachloku, and because of this so they should do right? that uh, uh, mamun mutabasafik kind of thing, so they should divide it into into half. Even though, and, and here the maram of Rothenburg is basically saying again, makat medina doesn't only apply to necessarily um, uh, a tenant and working the field. This is talking about a rental, right? And because the guy wasn't able to live in the house, and because of a makat medina, so therefore he's got room to say that he doesn't have to pay the rent. But since people were still able to rent out houses, so therefore it's a 50 50. And then says the exot. So says says, hold on a second, who cares about that there were a minority of people that remained in the town? The definition of Makat Medina is that the majority, we always go according to the majority, right? So he says as follows, We don't go after the minority. And even if uh, he already had given the rent, Right? The guy had paid, according to this principle of Makat Medina, Shimon would have to return the rental money, even though you say, I love a raya. but he's got a Raya, the Raya is Mak- Makat Medina, so return it. Yeah. <laughs> Nevertheless, the Makah was on people, it's say whatever it was, it's not clear. What the uh, what it was was it anti Semitism? Was it an epidemic? It's not so clear what the Maram of Rothenburg was referring to, right? <speaking in Hebrew> and since certain people remained, Amrinan <speaking in> and Shaya Sochro Ze Shelobarach, he could have rented it to a person who didn't flee, <speaking in Hebrew> right? but here, where the Makkah was on fields. So then, and this field also was affected. So the Ksot is making an interesting distinction over here. He's saying, listen, we we always go according to the Rav, but define for me what the Rav is. right? And in every case, you have to look what the Rav is. In the case over there, the Rav was on the fields, and the fields were... My field uh, got grasshoppers, and the majority of fields got grasshoppers. In the case of the Maram of Rutenberg, the maca was not on the houses. The maca was on the people. And therefore, not necessarily to go after majority. You can also, you know, if there's a minority, then there's room to say that that, uh, they have to at least divide it. And because of this... Um, uh, he doesn't hold that it's a clear-cut case of a similarity between the Gemara. So there definitely is a similarity. If there wasn't a similarity, we would say, Tob, it's the, the, the loss is on the tenant. And the fact that the Maram of, uh, uh, of Rottenberg says that there is a similarity at least gives me that the burden of loss is shared by also the owner. But then he says, look, usually burden of loss when it's a Makat Medina goes completely to the owner. Over here, since there's a distinction between what the Makkah was on, on the people and not the houses, so therefore you go 50-50, okay? So that's an interesting distinction that the Ksot has, has, is, 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 is bringing up that we didn't see before, right? This distinction of how you define the rov, it's not, it has to be very, very specific, Okay. Um, and, and, and this thought will lead us on to uh, will lead us on to another case uh, of a uh, Mordechai, right? That uh, basically there was a there was an interesting case of a of a person who was who was teaching, and then the government again forbade uh, forbade teaching children Torah. And what do you do in such a case, right? So look at the Ramah. Now the Ramah is basically quoting the the Mordechai over here that which we say, That if it's a makat medina that basically the tenant or the worker of the field doesn't have to pay the owner. who adin This applies to other professions as well. The chol makom yan Any time where the usage is entirely lost, makat Medina, and it's considered a makat medina. In such a case, he doesn't have to pay the rent. He has to, he can d- 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 um, deduct that from the rent. Right. But let's say there was still a way of doing, um, getting around the problem. You just had to kind of be a bit uh, think out of the box, right? Uh, listen, the, 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 if you could have, you know, it's just a bit tricky, you know, for example, I'll give you, a, I'll give you an example, uh, maybe in terms of COVID. So in terms of COVID, you, you, right now, this is a seger. Seger, you're not allowed to go into the office. However, if you, uh, you can go into the office. So I was actually quite surprised. What's considered Oved Chiyouni? So I was thinking, you know, obviously that's like the, the doctors and the, and the nurses and, and you know, th- those are Oved Apparently not. Apparently, basically, if you are in charge of, of, of paying salaries and you're an accountant, and basically if you don't go into the office to pay, to pay the salaries of the, of the firm, then you're an Oved right? So So the point is, is that if you thought out of the box, you you would have uh, you would have been able again. I'm not I'm not saying that people should should break the law. I'm just saying if you didn't take the trouble, didn't take the trouble to to kind of think, hold on a second, maybe I am an noveld Let me call up Misrada Briot and check, right? And the fact that you didn't take the effort to do that, that's your problem, right? Again, I'm not saying you should go against the guidelines, but if you fit into the guidelines and you just didn't take the trouble to do that. And you know, a lot of people want to take a tramp on this, you know, COVID, COVID. Every every uh, meeting that people are late for. Oh, sorry, COVID, my you know, it's on Zoom. <laughs> um, so uh the 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 point is is that then you cannot lahaba, right? But the and any time that we basically say that you can take take, uh, um, uh, d- deduct the loss, then it also would be applied for the future. If it was a makat medina, then it's going to be, the Mordechai says, "Hey, it's a makat medina. Doctor, you see from here that although this wasn't a godly uh, made um, uh, natural disaster, the Rishonim seemed to across the board accept that Makat Medina doesn't make a difference. I The, 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 the question is not what's the goirem, but what is the totzah? What is the outcome and not what is the cause? Uh, the cholah said abalabait. That was the opinion of the Mordechai. The yeish cholkin, but some argue. Now, the Maram Padua understood it very, very differently. He basically understood that in the case of, what is the Makat Medina? It basically means that we can cancel, we can cancel the contract, right? that uh that's what it means usually if you make a contract you can't just pull out of a contract right you can't just decide that i'm i'm, I'm uh, tearing up the contract makat medina says that you can't tear up the contract yeah so it says the gemara Nireli Ikar. okay so according to the ramah the ramah says listen although the maram padway had a very different understanding of makat medina he thinks that he we're going to go with the understanding of the Mordechai. Understanding of the Mordechai is basically that we need, that it goes across professions. And if it goes pro, across professions, then um, we are still you still have to pay your milamid, even though all the parents have left the or majority of them have left, and that would be okay. We still have our machloket between the shach and the rama, whether how many parents actually have to leave in order for this to be considered a makat medina for the milamid okay um now the Sma, the Sma says as follows uve einay nifluu di ray maram va He says how did the Rama pass against the maram padwa ki amayen b varim ketaf b shay maram if you look at the actual chuv of the maram padwa you ein b ein brurim kashmesh that the maram pad understanding of makat medina is the correct understanding says Isma. So that's a bit of a trollant now that's what right, so we have basically the ramah passing like the Mordechai, which basically says that if doesn't make a difference if there was a natural disaster or it became a government decree if the majority of people are going to lose you have to still the employer has to pay the employee in the event in the event that it's all of the people, uh, you know, in the case that he wasn't permitted to teach Torah, clearly he needs to get paid. In the event where, in the event where it's only majority, it seems to be it's a machlokah between the shach and the, and the ramah. According to the ramah, even if it's a majority of the students that left the school, the employer still has to pay the teacher completely and he don't, can't say, sorry, it's your loss. In the event that it's a... um that it's, uh, and, and there are, I might, I might argue over there. However, if all the parents left, if all the kids left, then that would be very, very different. Okay, I've gone over time. I apologize, I didn't realize that. So we'll have to, um, we'll have to stop. We have to continue this, uh, this year, uh, next week. We're just setting the, uh, the parameters and then we'll get into the la shilas Shailas that the Poskim deal with um, in the COVID era, okay. Yes, i to everybody. Cult of.